really saved my life. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it wasn't. The, yeah, it was because they had that uh, piece of uh, I beam in front of the yeah. stage, yeah. and I would grab that and try to do like throw myself off of it into the crowd. And there oh, were yeah, a couple you, times I witnessed you do that often. I love it. Um, <laughs> but there were multiple times that I'd be mid like swing, and then somebody would hit my body and just knock me off of it, and yeah. then I'd be in free fall. And there was one time he was do- he was sitting there beside me, and that happened. And I was doing like a little backflippy thing when my mm-hmm. when I got knocked off of it. It was like neck first toward the corner of the subwoofers in front of the stage. Oh yeah, you would have died. I would have died. And he literally like he scooped me up, adrenaline slash you know he's a big dude, Spurs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, scooped me up and like tossed me over his shoulder into the crowd like you were a princess like i was a princess (laughs) i uh i found so thank you spurs i love you the amount of time skipper has almost eaten it swinging off of things in the ceiling and just becoming a a a a rag doll from goat simulator (laughs) is upsetting someone that's the best way to survive just rag doll if your muscles resist you're more likely to break something you're bendy yeah just don't know it yeah that's the reason why most uh, drunks survive doing exactly. stuff because they're just yeah. kind of like loose because you can just I think there's like a shitload of fucking uh, stories of like drunken people just falling off buildings and just being landing fine. and just being like I'm just bruised the time that I got in that uh, car wreck that like I I cartwheeled the car mm-hmm. three times and like jumped a fence and all that jazz yeah mm-hmm. I remember as I hit the the incline that started the whole damn th- well put me to momentum yes um <laughs> I remember just being like, Whee! fuck this. And I put my arms up around my head and I just kind of like, <sighs> and just tried to relax, but like support my neck. Yeah. And I walked away with a couple scratches. Good job. I'm not bragging because that's not, that was pure ass luck. Um, there was a piece <laughs> of glass that shot through the lapel of my leather, like biker jacket yeah. and was embedded in like the third layer of le- leather like against my chest, right over my yeah. heart. No, I remember that because you found that hole and you're just like, oh man, can I fix this? <laughs> you and I had like a 30 minute discussion on how to fix that. <laughs> Not just completely ignoring you having to contemplate your own mortality. Yeah. Well, I had already <laughs> done it like 12 times. That, that, so, you know, fair. Yeah. Uh, I think that's why I also survived my really bad car accident was because I had like a seizure and then passed out on the highway, mm-hmm. but I was just completely limp. I last thing I remember is being like, I don't feel good. I need to pull over and like pulling over to the uh, like median and mm-hmm. trying to slow down. And then it felt like a radio station, like going out of range very quickly. And mm-hmm. then I woke up in an ambulance, but <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure I just went like, Bleh. And then I was like, yeah, my toes kind of cut because I was driving with flip-flops on, but otherwise I'm fine. Really? I basically like kicked this um, pedal and it like Mm. cut me, but otherwise it was fine. Car was totaled. But, oh, for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was that was a uh, that was scary time. Mm-hmm. Not not as fun as the time that we were driving home from getting hot dogs at what was it King Dog downtown. Oh yeah. And then you were hungover and you weren't feeling good. And you made me pull over so that you could vomit onto a Catholic school. Yeah, that was fun. nice. It was like it was like a demonic vomit. Too. It was. It really was. Like it a was vocally intense. demonic. Yes. Good. It was loud and it, <laughs> it was, was wet. It was not a good and time. long. Like it mm-hmm. felt like a scene from The Exorcist. Good. Oh God! Speaking about being unreasonably angry, hi and welcome to Blank Bodies. Oh my God! What did Hello. I do? Vampire the Masquerade V Five podcast. What did you do? You said unreasonably angry. Well, uh, contain yourself because today no. we're doing our third mailbag. God oh, damn it! Man. Oh, I thought we were supposed to be mad. Uh, no, that's my job. I guess uh, you have a motion. Um, Just the anger chip. Oh, uh, he got. I'm trying to take it out. He won't let me. I'm telling you, give we me are like- advanced robotics. We're not data. They didn't just leave out the emotion chips. I'd be just, a bad agent. He kind of figured out emotion at the end. Give me, just give me like five minutes with a bat. I'll turn it off. I look. That's- not you, just the chip. <laughs> <laughs> just look. I just I want to take out the anger chip. Office space moment. <laughs> yeah. And none of you look like you- qualified technicians. I, I never said I was. I'm qualified so. for something. And look, I'm, I'm building my own home server right now. I can yeah. figure it out. Look, if there's anything... Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll at least get I Plex might, running on your ass. This is the dumbest thing I've ever said in this podcast, but I might trust the Faye more to take out my electronics I'm than just, any of you. I'm just saying... Hey, I've worked on multiple hardware yeah, computers. I'm not letting the reality deviant and the fucking vampire touch me. What have I done? Look, if there's anything I've learned at dealing with friends 
and coworkers that deal in IT is half of their job is going to Reddit and looking up how to fix the problem they have. Yeah, but a 13th percent of your uh, population has things that destroy technology, so I'm good. I'm not going to take that risk. There probably aren't that many Lissambra. How dare you want to try to associate me? I would say that they're probably Associate like a... me with the Lissambra, too. I am not a vampire. I don't know how many times I've had to go over this with you. Yeah, sure. Anyway. Also, yeah, I think the Lissambra keep their numbers relatively low. Because, you know, like, if you're not the top dog, I'll just fucking eat you, bud. Yeah, basically. They're, mm. That's a self-solving problem. Yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's like 10 of them, but you really got to watch those 10. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, so uh, today we're doing our third mailbag. We have a fan questions uh, chat on our Discord that's free to join. Um, and so I went and pulled the one new ones from our last one, and we're going to be answering questions sent in by our listeners. Uh, if you want to join, you can always join our Discord. It's free. There's a whole chat where you can dump your questions at us. Mm-hmm. Yes. We will answer almost anything. Don't forget intros. I already did the intro. I'm John. Oh, I'm Sarah. Hey, I'm Hunter. There you go. Yeah. That's a that's a bot of some sort. James. Yes. There uh, you go. That's there what I was like it. that kind of intro. Yeah, yeah. Now, I already did it. Now yeah, we've done it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, the yeah, I the only thing I have to say about the mailbag chat, which I love, I love to go all in our Discord. Mm-hmm. But when you guys have conversations in the mailbag chat, I'm like, I want yeah. to, I want to yeet you out of that chat every time, but I don't <laughs> because you all are so pleasant. Yeah, I've <laughs> we have agreed to let John handle most of the like interdisciplinary issues, and I've tried not to be mean to John and just be like. John, please stop them. Please like, stop I'm having them. a delightful conversation. I, I know I they're having a, a good dick yeah. and be like, "Hey, fuckers, put this literally anywhere else." All yeah. right, you guys on the Discord, you better listen to me right now. You, you quit it. No, God. <laughs> Ask us questions, and then answer those questions in the yeah. lore channel. In the ooh, in the lore, yeah, channel. lore channel, or in general, in general, or in info. Um, uh, there's brainstorming i mean we got to congratulate skipper over here being a real good wisconsin dad lounge is where you talk if you want to have a voice conversation about it that's what i'm saying yeah you can just yeah you can just open a vc (laughs) yeah Yeah, no yeah no skipper went full midwest dad like hey kids yep yeah look we i'm okay with you doing it you just got to do it in the right spot look you can get drunk Okay, but you're handing over your keys before you yeah. before you start drinking. It's not a huge deal. It's more just a. It just makes it harder for Hunter to find questions for the mailbag yeah. later. That's all. Yeah, that, that was definitely mine. Where I was just like, "Ooh, I'm curious about this question." And just, I'm like, "Guys, like, hold on a second. Hold on a second. <laughs> but uh, how about we jump into those questions? Oh my god, mm-hmm. I'm afraid. Well, let's just jump into it. All right. So, um. Our first one is from uh, Ash, our uh, archivist who runs the uh, book club, for Mm -hmm. those of you who pop into that. Um, And he asks, what do you think is the worst clan, in your opinion, to have to deal with as a prince and or harpy? Oh, I Hmm. I have an answer for this immediately. I just heard worst clan and immediately went Tremere. And I was like, oh, wait, no, there's extra... Dealing with... uh, My my response would be Torridor. Yeah, why? Uh, One, just... uh, Toreador tend to be this clan that's like very much more like power behind the throne kind of a thing. So whoever is in charge or thinks they're in charge in a city generally actually isn't. And you really need to kind of pay attention to what like the Toreador are doing. And they're just a bunch of clicky, very like mean girls in a high school movie. So it's like if you're not in with them, it's just like a nightmare to try and figure out what the fuck they're doing. Mm. And also, a lot of people kind of underestimate Toreador as uh, melee threats. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, yeah. oh, no, no, no. They they are a problem. I see where you're coming. You, you make someone feel like they're in love with you, and then your celerity to the neck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I don't care how much of a badass you are. If you're not able to be at the top of the initiative roster, you're kind of fucked. Yeah. <laughs> I know I've talked about this before, but that always sets off something that's mm. hilarious in Seventh Seed. The Fey magic, one of the uh, one of the tricks you can get from a legend is called Anna of the Wind, which literally the first thing is just spend a drama die. You go at zero initiative, and it's you just yeah, no. You go. For, the amount of jokes in game that are just like, oh, we're losing a uh, a uh, a philosophy debate. Cool. I activate Anna of the Wind. Throat strike. Throat strike. Throat strike. Throat strike. Yeah. You can't argue if you can't talk. Yeah. The Torridor can kind of do the same thing because it's like, okay, you have presence and you can be very charming and you'd be very witty and socialite and da da da. But if that doesn't go well, 
you can be like, well, I have four dots in celerity and I'm going to stab this guy like 10 times before they realize what the fuck <laughs> happened. I have yep. a different answer. Yes. Yep. It's one of my favorites, but um, Ravnos yeah. and Kai Mystery. No, that's that's exactly where I was going to go. It's not even the Kai Mystery, just the their philosophies. Just be like, buddy, I just need you to agree on some simple rules. No. Well, that, that or just like, you want me to do what now? Just gone the next by the next night. It's like, all right, <laughs> oh yeah, dude, I'll totally help. And then they just they're fucking gone. And you're like, man, I need, I just need you to do dishes. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like for me, I wouldn't have thought of Ravnos also because of that though, because like you only got to deal with them for like a week. Yeah, but when they set something <laughs> on fire and you need to hold them accountable, it's just you're there's just, a massive masquerade breach, and you're now just upset from stream game still but not the point uh well here's the the issue at least with the the ravnos having to be some people if you as a player decide to lean into the the travely flighty nature of the clan uh if you are a prince or a harpy you are established in a city and you're trying to run a society Mm -hmm. and having a whole branch of people that are just like nah fam Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of hard to build infrastructure and have like networks and things like that with people that are just not going to put in the effort to like contribute. Mm-hmm. Right. I guess if I was a prince as a harpy, I would agree that I would not like to deal with Ravnos, but as a prince, maybe I'd be a terrible prince, but I'd be like, all right, well, these guys don't want to participate. Then either get them out of the city or we don't have to participate with them. They, you know, it's one of those like, you don't want to be part of it? Fine. You don't get any of our protections. You don't get any of this. You can fuck off. Yeah. Uh, as a harpy, though, they'd be great because they get around. Oh, so you can like get to know Oh, those, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, you, if you can get in with them and be like, hey, 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 I don't give a fuck if you're here or not, but like if you hear anything that would be of interest to me, like. Talk I'll, to me about it. I'll, I'll get you fucking set up for whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. you and I can, you and I can be chill. Prince doesn't fucking like you being around because you guys are kind of assholes. But, you know, I don't have to tell him that. I know we also talked about it on one of our recent episodes, but I think mm-hmm. specifically as a prince, the worst to deal with, as much as we defended them, the Malkavians. Yeah. That would, they would be difficult I was, sometimes. I was thinking that, but I'm like, uh, once you once you figure out their patterns, you could probably get it. Because they get to a predictable cycle eventually. Eh, Maybe. Maybe. It's, it's one of those, like, if you're the kind of prince that is going to take the time and effort to get them, like, integrated into your city and your society and have, because it seems more times than not, if the Malkavians have jobs and things to do and ways to contribute, they generally, while they might cause mischief, are generally pretty chill and they're very keen on, like, we like the city, I want to keep it here. So it's like, it's extra work, but it, you could do it. I think it's a tie in my head. Mm-hmm. My first two that I thought about were Nosferatu mm-hmm. for a very similar reason that you were saying Toreador. Yeah, Toreador and Nosferatu are both just like, God fucking damn. Yeah, you, Not- know, you know one Nosferatu is in the city. There's probably like four more in the city. Also, and they've already gotten into your computer. <laughs> I, say, I feel like they're like a combination of the Torador and the Malkavians, which is mm-hmm. like they're planning and there's no way to really figure out what's going on with them. Yeah. And also, mm-hmm. bitchy. Yeah. 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 The Nosferatu are so... The Nosferatu are bitchy queens. Like, can mm-hmm. we just all own that? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Bitchy queens. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck. Uh, more times than not, Nosferatu, because they're also a clan that is very invested in infrastructure. I think as long as you as a prince are like, hey, I understand you guys put a lot of work into X, Y, and Z. I'm here to honor that and make sure that you're able to continue your projects. So, like, what can I do that would facilitate this for you? Yeah. Uh, I think more times than not, you get you, like, 90% of the way there. And just understand, it's like, look, as long as I am providing what they want, they will go to bat for me. And the second I am not, I am dead. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> but then I think also um, Zamitsi. Mm. I thought I about that, too. I don't really think I would, if I were a prince, I would want a Zamitsi in my city. Because we all know where that eventually goes. It's just like, ah, oh, yeah, they made a house with a vagina hallway. Exactly, yeah, yeah. <sighs> they they are almost as bad of a walking breach as the Nosferatu are, and the Nosferatu always look like that. Right. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. if they do anything, anyone's going to see it and like, that's not right. Yep. And plus their nature of just the like, eventually they're going to be like, no, this is my city block. Well, it's in my city. So, and I'm Prince. I don't give a fuck. This is mine. And if you come over here, I'll turn you into a couch. Mm -hmm. And as a Prince, that's not something I'd really want to deal with ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) 
It would depend because, like, the older Zamitsi, you can at least lean into, like, the old feudal structures of, like, hi, I am the lord of this land. You are the lord of, like, your domain. If you just, like, you know, pay your tithes to me, I'll go to bat for you. And you can kind of yeah. chivalry your way yeah, through. Yeah. It'd be like, this is mine, but not mine at the same time. At least back then, you could be like, you're part of my kingdom, but you have your own separate place. You're under my protection. Right. At least I, back then. I am probably- offering you hospitality. May I get it in return? Some of the younger ones, it's just one of those like, oh God, it's like the fucking the Game Boy kid back in the day where you're just like, you can't get them to put down the Pokemon ever, no matter what the fuck's <laughs> going on. And you're just kind of like, man, here's a Game Boy Light. Please calm down. It's, you know, it's funny. Sorry, Hunter, you no. had your hand up. I was say, I, I was that Game Boy kid. But also, um, <laughs> also, I was going to say, it's kind of like what Ellis did, where it's just like, listen, I'm going to just let you have, this is technically outside of my territory. But you really seem to like it, so we're just going to officially recognize that as all of yours, and it's technically part of this under the city's protection. So I'm slowly building up what I control by giving you control of something I don't really have to begin with. Right. And just being like, so I feel like that would be good to do with the Zemites, too. Just be like, hey, you can go, go out into like the suburbs that's technically, and you just... Do your thing, and we will recognize it officially as yours. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, then, you then when to have dinner later, and, and like then we'll also it. stamp it with the cam sign. Just... And if the anarchs get uppity, you know, do what you do. It's not in the city, so I can't say it was. In How many anarch couches you feeling about this, <laughs> my guy? Yeah. Just open a furniture store. I don't know how many anarchs are coming by. I have one other one because you know I'm yeah. not gonna just take the Ravnos, which I would also like to springboard off yours one, mm-hmm. which is yeah no the the fucking Tory doors. You just like talk straight, just tell me what you're no. trying to say. The amount of no. it. I think the one that I would be the most worried about is a salubri. She'd be like, what the fuck are you doing here? They just show up and you're like, no, 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 no. Do not come, out. In, do not come out. into my city with this main character energy. Yeah. This is bullshit. Like all of them. Prince, Harpy, just like, why? What? What? It's what? like when Beckett comes to your city and you're just like, God damn it. Please no. No. I am here. I'm throwing I am the whole being, city away. Get the I, am, <laughs> I am being invited to a party and it's not an invite, it's a demand, and it's just happening. Ugh. Like, ah! Yeah, no, just, yeah, no. Tori, like, every time I've run a game, I have purposely made a point of uh, Toriadors d- doing some sort of machinations, and depending on the theming of the story is going to depend on how competent the Toriador are going to be, because there are a lot of Toriadors just like, ah, yes, I'm able to do da 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 and I'm like... Girl, you thought you ate, but I promise you did not. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing with the venture, but at least the venture you can generally rely on doing. There, there are certain orders of things you, that you can reliably expect them to do. Toriador, kind of more Charlie Cox wild card. Yeah, I'll say <sighs> I think so far, um, as I have played Ken, he's been pretty forthright. Mm-hmm. With what he says, like he's not a very like manipulative dude. Yeah, but he does use the fact that you like him mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, <laughs> he's also a little bitchy. Oh yeah, he's totally oh, a little can, bitchy. Yeah. A character you're playing being bitchy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right, <laughs> we ready to move on to the next yes. question? Yeah, sure. let's go. All right. So our next question is uh, from Lagatha or yeah. Lag. Lag. Mm-hmm. Um, and they ask, "What system do you think has the strangest representation of vampires?" Oh god! Like, like game system. Yeah. Oh, game system. I I have an answer. What? Um, if no one else does. Yeah, if you want to go first, because anything. Um, this. so my answer would probably be cyberpunk. From what I understand, the vampires and that are pretty much all like Morbiuses. Mm-hmm. Like they're like nano vampires who's like the machines are destroying their insides and they have to drink blood just to like remain alive. Mm-hmm. I believe I haven't read that book in a little I while. I 100% have several vampire fluff Shadowrun books that I have not read, but I know what you're fucking talking about. I think they are kind of the same way. Yeah, it, no, that's exactly like they're it, awakened, though. I think, or not awakened, they're emerged. Emerge, um, yeah. The emergence is when they mm. like magic started, like flying, yeah. and I think that they're just like they've kind of a subsect of a subsect of metahumans. Yeah. Okay. Technically, yes. Yeah, they're real weird. Yeah. I could have sworn there was a strain of vampirism in Shadowrun that was like a genetic 
disease. I don't know. There's like the there's the like awakened vampires, and then I vaguely vaguely remember there being something that was very. This is the plot of the movie Ultraviolet, where it's like mm. a hemophage disease, where it's like a lot of like AIDS allegory kind of shit. Yes, and I think that those run concurrently in the game, but I don't remember because I haven't read Shadowrun Fluff in a hot minute, so please don't at me. Shadowrun Fluff is fucking weird anyway, yeah. so... Wait, I got this, and got this, does loop, this does loop back. Fucking uh, 7C vampires. Okay. Because there's only one... They are blood mages in Russia, and they don't get... Well, they fucked around with blood magic, and Matushka, Mother Winter, went... Stop it. And, and they Matushka went... Is. Uh, Matushka is... Matushka uh, is the last living angel... That lives in Russia because these are her people. She likes them. And she's definitely a nice person. She literally has sharp teeth and smiles all the time. Every time you look at her, they're like, she's a great motherly figure. And they're like, that thing looks like it can eat my soul. But it's the the literal representation of winter. And it's the only angel left alive after war and stuff. Moving on. But uh, the Russian people are pretty much like, the only magic they're okay with is... um, is the magic granted by Matushka. It is a, um, it's a bestial magic. It's talking with animals, taking on their forms. Mm. It's a very sympathetic thing. It's like yeah. Druidy kind yeah. of stuff. But this one royal family was like, what if we started fucking with blood magic and became blood beings? And she's like, I don't like that. That sounds a lot like demon shit. And I was in a war with demon shit. I would like you to stop. And they're like, we're going to do it more. And she's like, cool. I'm going to freeze you and all of your family in a never ending block of ice. You do not get to leave. And then there is a plot, slowly but surely, where PCs can come in and be like, the ice block's melting. The the hemophages are coming out. And they're like, do you want to kill the hemophages? And, you know, the German monster hunters are just like, zai. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I, I feel like I know that there was a... I can't remember the system. But it was essentially like the the vampires in there were essentially like the... The only thing I can think to compare them to are the demons in Constantine that just have their heads scooped out. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, they're just like crawling on walls and like mindless, just monstery things. But yeah. I can't remember what system it is. I know Call of Cthulhu also has vampires and they're more just like mages who go a little crazy and eat a little bit of flesh. Yeah. They're less like vampire vampires. Yeah, there's... I guess what we're getting at, Lag, is there's a lot of real weird ones and it's hard to choose. Yeah. I, I can't think of any game system specifically that has any vampires that I'm like, this is weird. Outside of, um, uh, I think, if I remember right, there is some monsters in Pathfinder where the monster design is based off of the uh, Indonesian vampire stories where it's like the lady's demon head that's just guts hanging out and their whole shtick is attacking pregnant women so that they can like suck the babies out of them that don't sound good no 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 it's fucking horrifying if you want some really spooky vampire mythos uh like indonesia southeast asia has got some like real intense shit do they suck them out like through the stomach or like there's a the birth canal uh, (laughs) they just like straw yeah there are some stories wow go find them okay there's a really famous like bad horror movie where this gets represented where it's like it was done in the 80s i can't remember the name of the movie but a white lady goes to asia to study things and is like getting sucked into this whole like dark witchcraft story and uh the witch turns a lady into one of these vampires and it's a bad 80s movie with no budget so there's like these interesting like cut shot compositions of actresses head being like rotoscoped onto what is clearly prop guts hanging on a string that they like zip lined across the set nice but they do show a scene in the film of this like demon lady attacking some pregnant woman and literally like sucking her pregnancy out through her vagine Wah. in the film That's and brutal. it's very just like what, what the fuck <laughs> yeah it's one of those like it's it's a horrifying scene but it's it works because the movie is so cheap and the scene just leans into the high strangeness of what's happening so you're just like ah it, it's yeah, it, it 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 it's a scene that gets almost into the territory of like Hasu, where you're just like, this is so wild. What the fuck am I looking at? But I think I think Pathfinder has a monster that's like based off that mythos somewhere. Um, yeah, that's the weirdest one I could think of off the top of my head. So Lag had another question, which was, um, what is your least favorite representation of vampires in cinema? Ooh. 
Yeah, that's that's a good one. If like movies specifically, because I have a least favorite, but it's in television. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I don't fucking like the Vampire Diaries, and I don't like uh, True Blood Vampires. I don't like those. But it's more, I don't, and this also kind of slides into how I feel about like vampirism and Buffy a little bit too, which is uh, the, the vampire as a trope in the story isn't so much like a commentary on anything. It's just like a thing that exists that gives them powers, but there's nothing really going on in the plot that's like contextually related to their condition mm-hmm. so it's like they could have literally had just superpowers and it didn't this would not have changed the story or affect anything right. like why does it have to be vampire specifically other than the fact that you want to be like they just kind of sexy be, they just wanted to be hemophages yeah it's just like eh, like yeah there's parts of just buffy's stories where also like you could literally swap out the vampires with any other mythological being and it literally would not have changed anything in the plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because my go-to answer would be Twilight, but we've already done this. Those aren't vampires. Those are fae. Pretty much. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're literally fae. Every- well, the thing is, like, the thing I don't like about Twilight isn't the vampirism mythos. Like, the vampire mythos in the story is actually good and interesting. It's part of the reason I hate the series so much is because, like, you have a really interesting mythos, but instead of doing anything, delving into that or doing anything fucking interesting with it, you just write this weird, Mormon porn that just Mm -hmm. uh, romanticizes very toxic relationships and ideologies that Mm -hmm. uh, encouraged uh, uh, a lot of young women to like be cool with guys making very awful choices on their behalf and just like hey if a guy's not paying attention to you you should try to kill yourself to get attention and I'm like don't tell 13 year old girls that that's fucked up it's perfectly fine if there's a very much older man outside your window trying to get into your house it's fine that's romantic oh it's romantic if a guy's like staring at you while you're sleeping Mm mm-hmm no and just being possessive and deciding about like how you should live your life. Yeah. I'm like, no, that's fucked up. Yeah, I will say points for them. I do like how they change the weakness and like an explanation to be like, how are these vampires so like uh, durable? Be like, well, they have diamond hard skin. And just be like, oh, the density does make it. And so when they're in sunlight, it does like sparkle shit. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, that kind of makes sense. But I still say I can't use that for an answer because those aren't fucking vampires. We've done this. And vampire-ish. I don't think the character itself was the problem, but I really didn't like Antonio Banderas in um, Interview with a Vampire. They changed a lot of him from the novel. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, his character in the novel, I, I'm spacing on the name because I'm tired, but his character in the novels, I just, he's fucking insufferable. And I'm like, oh, I, yeah, yeah. I have literally stopped reading Anne Rice novels because there's a long section of his character doing stuff. And I'm just like, I can't deal with this fucking ginger asshole. <laughs> Fuck him. And no. I just put the book down. Yeah, a seventeen-year-old piece of shit. Has that TV series come out yet? It, yeah, yes, it's, it's yes, out it now, and apparently uh, you... it's really good. I'm waiting until it's like done, yeah, all the way, and then I'm gonna binge it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we might watch that after Twin Peaks. Yeah, because uh, everything I've seen about it looks really good, and they're actually taking on uh, some of the dynamics that would happen in the time period if uh, Louis was black. Oh damn! And I'm like, hell yeah, good. I, okay. I love the line that they have that was just like. Uh, just that man shows supreme fuckery today. And I was like, Louis, what? Louis coming in with the heat and I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like, oh my God. I I don't know if I have an answer. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. It's hard to pick like one. I think you guys have nailed some like good ones. But as far as like representations of vampires in general, mm-hmm. um, I've seen some really bad vampire movies, but usually the bad ones are pretty much just like on the nose. Like, oh, it's like, this I is a vampire. Yeah, I, I, I got mine. I remember. Oh, yeah, because yeah. I had to remember. Priest, the bastardization of the manga, where they were just like, what if they were like weird feral zombies? That just like they, they had one intelligent vampire, which was the bastardized version of the main character from Priest, and that was it. They, they literally like changed most of the series just to do this like, what if they were like... Weird vampires that like took over the world because they were like rage zombie, like uh, just smart and stupid at the same time. But, yeah, that sounds dumb. Yeah. yeah. Next. Next. Right. I'm gonna skip that one. Um, cause um, okay. This next one is from Brian, oh. uh, and he asks, "What is the pettiest vampire ability out there? Like, what is the saltiest bitchy magics that you can stir in the blood of a kindred? In your opinion, isn't it just demontation?" Have a conversation. Just be like, and now you're going to have a bad day. It is kind of, that one is kind of the most instantly like. Fuck you. I can like, for lack of a better term, like 
troll you without even saying a word. Yeah. Uh, if I wish more players that had blood sorcery would use uh, Extinguish Vitae. I've used it. It's great. Uh, here's the thing. Because of the hunger system, your ability to do rolls and do stuff is intrinsically and tied to like what your hunger rating is. Extinguish Vitae forces that line to go up. And if there's rules in there where if you're able to cast it subtly and if your dice pool is like decent enough, you honestly have a pretty good chance of uh, bringing somebody within a couple of rounds to hunger five and they have no idea that you're doing it. So you could just be chilling in a situation and just like very subtly like casting the spell over and over and over again and forcing somebody to frenzy. Hmm. Or, you know, you can kind of weaponize it because uh, if you push somebody to hunger five and they have to do a role that involves a rouse check, you can force a character to go into torpor. Hmm. Yeah, it's real what, bitchy. What level is that? Two. Mm-hmm. Homies, balance your system. It's, one of, <laughs> it's, it's still one of, better than it was beforehand. It's I mean, one of yeah. the few, uh, like actually useful like quote-unquote combat things that the Tremere get that isn't just an immediate masquerade violation yeah because mm-hmm. a lot of the oh yeah as a Tremere I can fight and do like I can make fucking blood claws and all sorts of weird crazy shit and it's like yeah but you can't do that where there's cameras homie and there's cameras everywhere so I mean that goes with a lot of the combat disciplines yeah like I can't you can't use oblivion yeah in a combat sense yeah. and be like yeah, I totally just touched this person and their arm is yeah. now a 90-year-old arm. The, the, yeah, <laughs> but, you know, depending on how you build your Lasombra because of potent, it behooves them to have a strength build. There's yeah. nothing for Tremere that would make them be, like, a fighty tank. That's fair. Stuff mm. kind of things. So having something that's kind of in your back pocket as a quiet, oh, I can make this person's day go awful. Mm-hmm. And it can be used combatively or just socially. Right. Mm-hmm. Or just really bitchy in a... Uh, just like, oh, this conversation didn't want to go. How about at the last fuck you on the way out, I just force your hunger to go from two to three, and then I leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's super bitchy. I love it. It is. <laughs> I, I know I answered this for the other question, too, but I'm going to mm-hmm. say just like chemistry in general. Yeah. Like, A, there's the scene from Lost Boys where it's like, how do you like those maggots, David? What? These are... This is rice. Oh! Yeah. Um, but like anything, like just like... Oh, don't forget your briefcase. Where is your briefcase? Or just if you want to be a real bitch, just you find out uh, the your enemy's touchstone or lover or something and use chemistry to like look like them and then just leave. Yeah. Just be like, oh, well, hope you have a good night and then look like their crush and then turn around and leave <laughs> and just be like, why are you such a cunt? It's like, it's fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I like the idea, actually explaining what I said. It's just like, you don't even have, need to talk to someone like, Use chemistry to hide someone's keys. Oh, yeah. And then just, like, watch them freak out for, like, five minutes. I do that to myself all the time because of object permanence problems with ADHD. (laughs) God damn it. So (laughs) it's hard for me to answer because, like, I feel like most of the disciplines can be used to be incredibly bitchy. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's very hard for me to answer that. Mm-hmm. Is there is there a favorite though? I mean, recently I have been really digging uh, presence mm-hmm. because it's just I love the idea of someone being like I really don't fucking like that guy and being like No, you do though. And but you, but you, <laughs> like but you do like yeah. me. I and they're like God damn it, I do. <laughs> I do. You're a bitch, but God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Why is he so high? <laughs> I I just yeah, that's fun. It is. Uh, <laughs> and then when you leave, they're like, wait, I do fucking. Why was I agreeing with that? Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, I thought you were going to go with, like, uh, vicissitude, just to be like, no mouth time for you. Well, the thing is, in V5, you can't do that anymore, so I can't pick vicissitude. Yeah, You have to have, like, an hour with the person in order to close their mouth. What? Yeah, so balance your system, homies. Yeah, <laughs> I, I keep telling you, there's a there, there's a from the vault that I think you'll like. Right. Yeah, I, I think you will 100 percent because I was reading through like the the protean stuff and I'm like, oh, this is all just vicissitude stuff. Good. This is all. That's it all needs, it is. It needs to be more. So our next question comes from Parker, and they ask, "You have been chosen to be showrunner of the upcoming Vampire the Masquerade show for Netflix." Per current reports, based on who's attached, which as far as I know is still nobody. Yeah. Um, I don't think we've had any announcements since, since they announced they, it was yeah. happening. Um, operating on V5 for the current available clans, what's, uh, se- se- what sects said clans exist in? Uh, you can make some changes in population and such if you pick a city, that kind of thing. What, who, what would your show follow? 
what sect would we primary primarily follow and assume big budget? Mm. Yeah, I've already got this. I, I already know I talked to you guys about this when it came out, and it would be it would be a Hakata focused series, and it would either be the main I think the main characters would be a Giovanni and a Cappadocian, and you just do like modern times through the Giovanni Chronicles. And just that whole fucking thing. So you can flash back and just see like you learn about vampires through history while also dealing with the modern world. Because again, Cappadocians are fine. The clan of death has decided to unite. But you do have like those flashbacks to just like, ah, the war times when uh, the death clan was just fucking going hands on everybody who wasn't their people or were just pretty much just Giovanni versus all other death clans where they're just like, fuck off. Giovanni's is like, what if I kill you? There's, I have a weird soft spot for this right now because there's a person on TikTok that's been doing this comedy series where he's doing an Appalachian mortician. Mm-hmm. Nice. And he's like got like sleeve and neck tattoos and he's just constantly like spitting into an empty glass soda bottle and just being like, your mama won't get shot out of a cannon? Well, we got to go cross straight lines to do that because of the ordinances. And I'm just like, I just want that guy as a Hakata so bad. It'd be, it would work. It'd be so good. But uh, I think... If I had to do a show run, I'm basing this on the fact that it's going on Netflix and it's going to be going to a general audience. Mm -hmm. So I am assuming folks don't know fuck all about this world and the game system. So I'd probably want to run a show that is cam based. Mm -hmm. And I'm definitely going to want to go. I think the best way to kind of run something like this might be if we can kind of the wire it Mm-hmm. If it makes sense where you're getting into like really gritty city politics and kind of things like that might be a good way to go. And you can use the first season to kind of use episodes to uh, expand upon the world. So you start with, I wouldn't say a prince because I feel like that's too high in the ranks, but somebody in the cam who's like having to work for a primogen. Mm-hmm. And then as this person is having to slowly work their way through the ranks and achieve like goals or missions or whatever that they're being forced to do. You can kind of expand the world from that. So I, I would definitely be running this as a very like the Sopranos, Mm -hmm. (laughs) very, the wire, Mm -hmm. uh, crime kind of a show. Uh, I would not set this in LA or New York or this might be a Seattle based Mm -hmm. thing or, uh, Maybe uh, I know there's some interesting VTM stuff with uh, settings in like Texas hmm. and shit like that. Yeah, it would need to be a big city, but not a city that's got a lot of lore. Baggage. Yeah, that's the thing. Like maybe doing it in Boston might be good. Boston, like that, any kind of that northeast area. I think, yeah. at least from my understanding, like there's doing a lot it. of big cities that don't have like whole books written yeah. about them. I mean, I, I might. I might even propose doing it in Chicago where in the game, there's a lot of lore that can be expanded upon, but there's not a, I don't feel like there's too many drama shows set in Chicago specifically that it's going to like get lost in the mythos of things that exist in media currently. Mm. I'm also, I won't go like super into it, but I just love Chicago as like a setting. Uh Like it's kind of become the new, like kind of gritty, grimy, like dirty, Mm -hmm. but modern city setting. Like, yeah. I feel like for World of Darkness, it's got, like, the perfect vibe. Like, it feels like 80s New York when you're shooting there, that kind of oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing is because the way the setting is for Chicago, you have the options of, like, you go on the north side of Chicago where everything's, like, really, really posh. You can be in the loop. You can be on the south side. You can get into Gary. Um, and you can even expand if you want to have a mission. Like, oh, yeah, no, we're doing business in Chicago, but we need you to go up to Milwaukee and go deal with shit. And people are like, why the fuck are you doing shit in Milwaukee? And then just deal with the fucking insanity that's up there so that'd be cool yeah i feel like that could be cool i think if you just keep it more oh god yeah another show energy like if you keep it like the daredevil show mm-hmm. where it's a little bit more like yeah there's some big tier power plays but if you can keep the plot more street level i think that'd be more interesting yeah, yeah. you don't need a spider-man every mm-hmm. other two seconds no no so my my idea is maybe the most grandiose but um I'm a fan of showing, not telling. Mm-hmm. And I think doing something where, like, it's, say it's a Netflix series, you usually get, like, 10 to 12 episodes yeah. Yeah. Um, for a season. I would do something where, like, the first, like, four or five episodes each just follow a different character, mm-hmm. and you kind of see them get embraced or their backstory. And um, by episode, like, five or maybe little mm-hmm. snippets at the end of each episode, you realize, like, oh, all of these people are now vampires in this coterie. And you're kind of seeing where you 
they come from and you can use that to kind of explain different things like first character just gets embraced in the city you're set in and they got to figure it out and then maybe you have a character who like comes from like an anarch and like maybe they you go all stereotypical and they really are doing like the sons of anarchy biker situation they Mm -hmm. get cut off and dumped in the city you could have a character who comes from the sabbat you could have a character who's just super fucking old and you even get to do like an old gothic horror like even like a game of thrones like knight style like episode and then all of a sudden it just cuts to them like 100 years later kind of like redemption the -hmm. game does like where it's like you'd be like why are we following this knight in armor and then all of a sudden it ends and like you see them walking down the street by past like an apple store or whatever and you're like oh fuck yeah 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 which yeah my uh street level uh like crimey nitty-gritty show i would pitch with the caveat of if we get signed for a second season the second season would just be the dramatics of the convention of thorns Hmm. because that way you can be like okay this is the modern world and people are like going on about masquerade and camry and why is all this important and then literally all of second season is like (laughs) 1400s period drama of just these super powered assholes just screaming at each other in a small town in england for a week and that's the whole show for season two. <laughs> be fun. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. in the first season, you would obviously have to have two characters mm-hmm. who were like hate each other at each other's throat, but there's a little bit of sexual tension. Oh, hell and yeah. then during the uh, convention of the sword and season, you realize why they hate each other. Yeah. And then you actually learn that backstory about them. Yeah. But yeah, I was going to say, so after the first five episodes for my idea, you know, mm-hmm. you set the people up, you get their backstory, you realize they're a coterie. And then the rest of the series season is them like, kind of integrating the city, figuring their place out as a coterie, and you can bring in more politics and that kind of thing. And then it sets up some something big for like a second season that mm-hmm. they're dealing with. I thought it would be cool if very end you just realized that these were all just like notes from like Beckett or a major character. <laughs> like, And you're like, he's researching something big mm-hmm. and we're like living through his notes that he's taken on these people who all... That's came fun. together to do something. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Like, I think that would be a cool end mm-hmm. of season reveal. And the next season, it's like, well, Beckett's here. For people who watch the show, like, this is a big deal. And Because, you know, we need to do give Matt Mercer another job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the reason why I propose the Hakata ideas, like how Sarah said. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh, these people don't know how Vampire the Masquerade works. Because you could literally walk them through the, like, forming of the camera while they experience like vampire society you can be like this is how it happened it also gives people the ability to be like this is how those first inquisitions went and it was not a good time and it gives sympathy for all the sex like again we are again we already went with the fact that uh sabat's not good but it's like you know how it started because you're watching the thing that made them go anarch anarch sabbat because you know elders are just like embrace yeet well yeah and the nice thing is at least for media literacy we live in a post game of thrones world now Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of politicking and double crossing and Mm -hmm. uh, expectations for court shit that happens in vampire the masquerade that people now have at least a basis for so there's just you can skip over a lot of some very entry basic shit because you're like it's you, y'all know how this works. Fuck it. Let's actually get into this. Yeah. Which is kind of nice now as opposed to the first time when we had Vampire the Embraced. And, and they, the masses were not ready for this level of bullshit. <laughs> no, they weren't. Which is actually what I'd probably do on the first episode is setting up the two main characters is just be like, that starts off with the event of Uncle Augie eating Cappadocian. And be like, so they're just like, Oh, these two have to work together. Maybe they're friends. Maybe they're lovers. Maybe they're enemies. We'll figure it out. They're just like, I'm Clan Giovanni. I'm Clan Cappadocius. And the end of the fucking episode is just like the things we do for love, but with Augustus and Cappadocian. Yeah. Uh, I'd say, John, you haven't given us an answer at all. It's entirely different, I guess. Yeah. Um, No, that's fine. I was thinking, again, very street level, but probably based in like Detroit. Oh, hell yes. Um, And it would be an anarch coterie um, dealing, uh, basic plot would be anarch coterie dealing with ministry moving into the city and starting to up their, what the ministry does, drugs, prostitution, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff in Detroit and having to kind of. Well, what do we do with this? Yeah. Well, yeah, your stuff has a really interesting meta plot of basically because the Second Inquisition has wiped the board in Detroit because Detroit was a massive Sabbat hub. Mm-hmm. So you can now have this really interesting like horror element underneath where people are like moving in and taking over. And there's just like not only do you have the terror of the government potentially trying to rein in on you and do some terrible things and you can do some good commentary there. You're also dealing with people 
taking over a territory that was heavy Sabbat territory and just mm-hmm. what bullshit are you going to be pulling out of cabinets and yeah. uh, houses and basements and just, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, I, mostly, I think it'd be really cool to have it be mostly young vampires. Mm-hmm. So it's like confusing and you don't actually get all of the background in the first season. You know, mm-hmm. that's maybe season two. They start actually getting into the court dramas and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But it's mostly just them just being like, what the fuck is going on? What am I in? You know, there's a few thin bloods even in mm-hmm. the in the coterie. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. So I just like the idea of it being like, this is a vampire show, but we're not going to fucking tell you about that mm-hmm. part because these are all people who don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just like the idea of that. Oh, no, it's cool as fuck. Yeah, that's why I, I, I also suggested like you start with like the embrace or like the backstories of the main characters. Like the first half of the first season is just introducing them. And like you start with like a modern person who gets turned because mm-hmm. like, I think for new people to setting, that's where you're going to be starting. Right. Like I think most people, you know, aren't going to play um, Dark Ages. They're maybe not going to play like how high powered. It's like mm-hmm. you're new, street level. Mm-hmm. Let's figure it out. And like that way, as the characters are kind of learning their place in these, I assume like hour long each episode, yeah. that you're slowly revealing like a new piece of the world. And then so you start like little picture and then as the show goes you kind of go big picture and you can kind of go back and forth that way yeah Yeah, um i had some little things for my thing i just kind of i i have the media burnout of look i i understand uncle ben dies i know the waynes get shot that's kind of how i feel about a lot of vampire stuff so i'm like i'm skipping the embrace stuff like it will come up if it comes up if it needs to for plot reasons for context but I I, I kind of like the big trouble in Little China where you have characters that are already established in a world and they just kind of, you get dropped into it as an audience and like, well, you got to figure it the fuck out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the idea, like, recently I've really enjoyed both the, the vampire games I'm playing. Mm-hmm. We have, like, we're embraced the night of we start the game. You mm-hmm. know, they are brand fucking new and it's been really fun to, like, watch them kind of, like, learn and as characters kind of figure out what the fuck is going on by... Mm-hmm older people explaining it but i think story-wise like in a show it'd be interesting to not have the older people you know there's Mm -hmm. just the oldest person's two years old yeah you know Mm -hmm. and they are now in detroit where they're finding this weird occult sabbat shit and they're like what do we do with this information meanwhile there's a whole nother quote-unquote gang you know bringing in this new movement of drugs and prostitution and all the other nefarious shit mm-hmm. the ministry does um i don't know i just think that's yeah, yeah. actually i kind of some springboarding off like sarah's idea like and your idea um i think it would be really cool maybe even to have the first episode be almost like start like a crime procedural like a detective show where mm-hmm. just like this is a weird fucking murder and like oh well that guy turns out to be the main antagonist later on in the show it's like you see this cop just slowly be or detective like slowly just become Mm. a hunter and then like you're like oh shit big shit and then you shift and then you humanize all the vampires later and like so you go from being like okay so we're following this detective there's really weird scary shit going on what the fuck is happening and as right Mm -hmm. as he finds out you just pull away from him you give all the backstory of these monsters he's been tracking the whole time and then all of a sudden, then they come to a head against each other. And you're like, well, now I care about all these characters that have ruined this guy's life, career, everything. <laughs> and it, that could be like the big end of season finale is like literally them, like him with a shotgun walking into the room right. with full of vampires. like, And one of them just getting blown away. And then season two coming soon. Right. Would it be like a, you're watching his moral decline kind of like Punisher style? Where it's like, you know, oh, I've seen all this gross shit. Oh, I found these people and I'm taking drills to their kneecaps in interrogations. Or would it be like uh, he's trying to stay more wholesome with the whole thing? Which do you find like would be more interesting? I think I think it'd be a balancing act. Like uh, it depends. Like it's a Netflix show. So you're allowed. You can definitely get away with like gore and stuff like that. But you still want the character to be relatable as long as they are the main character. I don't I think we're at a point where media, you you don't necessarily have to follow the same character the whole time through a series. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. pivot, especially if you're doing like the world of darkness, which has huge range for like time that a story can take place over and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. But I think to him walking that tight rope, that is like the game of Hunter. Like, is this okay? Have I gone too far? Am I going too far? 
Like right. I think that needs would need to be the focus of it. And then, you know, then you humanize all these monsters and then you start to wonder like, well, was he justified? So I think you can get away with doing some kind of like gross shit, but mm-hmm. as you first present it, it needs to seem um reasonable. Right. Like he's seen, you know, this guy saw a werewolf tear a guy in half or or at least a guy torn in half that you later find out was done by a werewolf and he's yeah. like, "Well, these people are doing horrifying things is it really that bad if i like waterboard the fae to figure out what's going on and then you learn that character's backstory and you're like fuck like he is torturing this character who i now know their like life story essentially they can't help that they are fae Mm -hmm. it's a they're sad as it is right right i don't know at least like with the proposition i had of uh, having a guy Mm -hmm. that's like low tiered in the camaria in a city and having to Whilst doing their duties in whatever position they would have in court and having to just like having them be a nexus point of, oh, I, my, my job required me to go do this thing. So I have to go interact with these people and it gives them the opportunity to be kind of a audience lens. Cause it's like, yeah, I've been a kindred for like eh, 10, 15, 20 years. I think I understand uh, how the world works, but then it kind of becomes eyes wide shut where it's like, no, you don't. And the more more you're going behind the curtains, the more you're just like, oh no. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it's having to deal with the moral balance of like, hey, I'm involved in these things and I need to survive, but I'm also having to balance that between my survival, the survival of my community, and also just the, am I a good person? Can I be a good person under capitalism? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that kind of shit. <laughs> yeah, I dig it. And then you can get into some kind of fun monster of the week shit if people are interested in that kind of thing. Because I always enjoy just a weird episode where you're just like, what the, f- why are we like this? So that might be the going and dealing with like the anarchs and just like, oh yeah, you know, good deal. You need to go shut down this business. And then there's some guy that just like seems like he's a ne'er-do-well and a giant pain in the ass. And you're just like, oh, you're endangering the society. And then he's bringing up good points of like, you know, you don't have to live like that. There, You have other options. You can go and find other things. And maybe maybe you don't have to serve the prince and da-da-da-da-da. And bring up those kind of quandaries where it's like, is this system actually serving you and the people in the community the way it should be? Or, you know, eh. Things that I find interesting. <laughs> All right. So I think I think those are pretty good ideas for like a TV series. Um, if you have thoughts, we'd love to hear them in the Discord. But um, now our next question comes from Witch Knight Black. Ooh. And they ask, what clan do you believe is the easiest to lure people into VTM and why? And conversely, which clan would you introduce last so as not to deter prospective newbies? Hmm. I think my answer is, I have my answer. I think. Same. But it, I, we probably are on the same page. But I think the first clan would probably be like Gangrel or Bruja. And then um, the last clan would probably be like Salubri or Zamitz. Yep. For opposite reasons. But Salubri, there's just nothing there to give a new player trying to figure things out. It's kind of just like, a well, the lore says you don't know. So you don't get anything. Yeah. So like. It gives them like main character syndrome with nowhere to go with it. Mm-hmm. And then Zamitz is just like, I feel like the body horror to it would deter a lot of players and their history, even though we haven't gone over it, is probably the darkest. And I, I, I love the clan, but I feel like giving a new player some of those books and being like, oh yeah go read about the flesh tank and then it's like okay actually speaking of actually speaking of flesh tank uh no flip that around if they're like yeah my favorite movie is tetsuo iron man be like never mind uh you start with zamitsu yeah here's your flesh tank i'm talking about completely new players not not john (laughs) i would say it really would depend on the player because um if i have friends that are into horror and gaming and spooky shit like we are and they haven't played a vampire the masquerade they probably are not going to be as interested in playing uh the quote-unquote more civilized clans they're mm-hmm. probably going to want to do like bruja zamitzi gangrel nosferatu they're like i get to be ugly and weird yeah mm-hmm. and then you know uh if you get players that are more used to like a D or uh more uh like role play video games where you're like kind of supposed to be the hero and stuff like that, giving them the option of playing a, a Toreador uh, or, hmm. uh, you know, hell, if you get somebody who's into certain kind of fighting games and stuff, I might give them a Bon Hakim where I'm like, do you want to be Batman? 
Yeah. Here you go. You can be Batman. Yeah. Uh, I was about to say, I'm just going to take one off of yours, Hunter, because I think more... I'd be like, no, I'd either sell people on Gangrel because it's like, look, you can be a vampire and have a, you can have a pet friend if you want. Or also, there's just the basic, do you want to play a Ventru? Do you want to play vanilla vampire? Well, it's like vampire classic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's literally just like, ah, Coke classic. Yeah, it's, it's, like, like the re- it's like getting one of the real sugar vampires. Yeah. yeah. It, you, oh, yeah, those you, Mexican Cokes? Hell yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know what you're getting. Like, it has the base powers of what you'd expect from a vampire to do. You'd be suave. Most people assume they're sexy because they're business people and they have like suits and shit. Like it's the it's the like generic character starter clan when you load into a game. Heck, I think when you do bloodlines, that's the thing that first po- uh, first pops up. I think it's the default clan that they're just like, here's your vampire, Ventru. You can scroll to the other ones, but it just I... starts with Ventru. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm basing this off of uh, me talking with people because I've talked with a lot of people online recently about like jumping into VTM because a lot of people are distancing themselves from Wizard of the Coast properties and they're kind of spoken around. Um, if you have a friend with a lot of religious trauma, you can absolutely sell them on the Lasombra. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. If you got religious trauma, uh, Lasombra's way to just be like, here's your, here's your character. Uh, have fun with that. I, the clan I've had the hardest time. Uh, expressing to people and even veteran players is the ministry because a lot of people don't know what to do with the concepts of uh, corruption and what that means and also uh, faith and what that means because I think the ministry now tackle concepts of faith and belief in ways that are actually a lot more like spiritually meaningful than the La Sombra do Mm -hmm. and a lot of people are just like I don't know what to do with that that's a little existential i I also think that this is maybe a big, um, big, big topic that we can almost do a whole episode about. But mm-hmm. I think faith is so personal um, and religion is so personal to people that I think it's like that old Christian saying, uh, it's not a religion. It's it's just the truth kind of way that people mm-hmm. feel about their religion where like I think people can't separate either their belief or their disbelief from a character they're playing because it is really high end like how i view the world works and the core of reality sort of topic mm-hmm. so to you so to distance themselves from it in a way that's interesting can be very difficult um yeah. it would be hard to play for i think maybe i'm wrong but i feel like it would be especially for a new player yeah. to say play a vampire who's like catholic if they're also catholic and have it be like interesting in a way that maybe other players would be comfortable with mm-hmm. or in a way that they would be comfortable exploring it. I feel like that could get messy really quick yeah. when questions of faith come up at a table. Especially like, well, all the vampires around me are questioning the existence of God, but I personally believe in God. So my character is just going to believe in God. I feel like that's such a yeah. hard line topic. And like I, I've made minister characters that are atheistic and have their own faiths in different uh, philosophy cycles, but... I'm also the wonk that likes philosophy and all that really headedy kind of shit. Mm-hmm. And I know some folks are like, look, I just came here to be gay and hot. And <laughs> I'm not here to take that from people. And if they don't want to fuck with it, that's fine. But yeah, that's the clan that I definitely am like, that one is a hard sell unless you have a very specific kind of nerd friend mm-hmm. that would be interested in either playing a low a low key Cenobite or is interested in getting into the really like the the philosophical machinations of what it means to be in a belief system. I think the other one that I would personally this is less on a settings and more of a V five issue. The other one I would probably push new players away from in general is just the Hakata because they've kind of become a lore soup of like four different clans, and then the new books don't really explain a lot of that. Um, I think the Hakata are cool, but I think it they're at least from my reading it, there wasn't a lot for a new player to latch on to. It's really there for the people who like all the old stuff that they didn't want to stat out that you like, oh, I, I know all about the church of set. I'll make my Hakata and roll it up like that and go ahead. Or I'll make my Giovanni. And, but as a new player, it's like such a soup of ideas and yeah. abilities and you kind of have to pick them. And then you also have to read the lore sheets to get the flavors you want out of it. That like, I would just dissuade a new player from that, just from the amount of reading and like extra legwork they're gonna have to do to make unlike like a Ventru yeah. or you just have to read like one thing for a clan and you can get other stuff but it's just like oh yeah I think I'll play clan Hakata and it's just like 
Um, actually, that's like eight clans. Yeah. So. Yeah. I feel like I'm thinking about general public. I'm not yeah. thinking yeah. about like nerd friends or anything like that. But I think that for general public, I would um, probably. God damn it. Uh, push. Am I allowed to pick more than one? I'm going to pick more than one. Pick more than one. Um, I would push the the big three, the Ventru, Bruja, or Toreador, um, because those are like, the, those are vampire, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like when you think of a vampire, just the stereotypical movie vampire, it's one of those three clans, probably. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're wanting to play a punchy character, grab a Bruja. If you're wanting to play that political character, grab a Ventru. If you're wanting to pay that, like, you know, hot slut walking down the street, Toreador. grab that Toreador. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, that's so I think those three are probably the best beginner clans. Their powers are also, like, relatively easy to handle. Mm-hmm. They're relatively easy to role play. They're, um, you read the power and you're like, oh, okay, I understand how this works. Static increases. Right. Or as opposed to, like, I would probably suggest new players not start with like Ravnos um, because they are weird and not like gonna fit into the game easily, like as a puzzle piece anyway. They're kind of meant to not. Um, also, chemistry is fucking weird. Chemistry is weird. Also, yeah. that clan bane is really tough. tough. Yeah, right. Like so if, you like, can't sleep in the same spot. Yeah. So if you, as a player, kind of oops a days, you're gonna <laughs> if you're not ready to deal with the consequences of that because there's a lot of people in the role play community that use games as escapism mm-hmm. and they don't want to deal with consequences. So why you're playing World of Darkness, I don't understand. Yeah. But like, but hey, yeah. go for but, it. But you know, thank you for being here and trying. Right. But they there just, will be consequences. They just they're just trying to play what we do in the shadows. And I love what we do in the shadows. I would absolutely love to run that. I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna do three of each though, if that's cool. Yeah. I would push people away from Ravnos. I would push people away from Tremere. Um, and that's would, a difficult one too. Right. I mean, blood source, anything that's using blood sorcery, I think is going to be a little bit tough because it's like, I have to grab my power dots and now I have to learn my rituals and manage all that. Anyway, I would also probably push people away from Zamizi. Um, again, like, do you really want, I mean, if you really want to play like a uh, body horror character, obviously go for it. But like, the power is confusing. Even me as like a Zamisi fan, it took a while for me to actually like a few reads for me to be like, okay, that's how this power is supposed to work and how I'm supposed to use it. That's how it's like actually like a powerful discipline. If you're not, if you don't use it correctly, you're just kind of like, eh, you know? Yeah, you kind of are shooting yourself in the foot. Right. So mm-hmm. I think it's a difficult discipline to use well and like effectively. And I think that like role playing a character like that in a team setting can be pretty difficult. Where it's like, I might not be in charge of this coterie, but it's mine. Mm-hmm. And role playing that well, go ahead, without being like a just a frustrating prick, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I would honestly push a new player who is interested in that kind of thing to maybe even look at the Nosferatu. Like, yeah. you get some of the body horror elements, like you get, but it's easier to understand. You Now, you may not be able to do like flesh warping and that kind of stuff, but you still get to explore some of those themes and mm-hmm. not. You can get. You can get fun with being creatively spoopy. Right. Mm-hmm. I also think with Zamitsi, like, as much as I fucking love them, um, they're kind of, they suffer, I think, from the La Sombra syndrome of, like, a lot of players who don't, who aren't super into, like, telling stories with it, mm-hmm. grab them because they are fucking edgy. Mm-hmm. You know what You're I mean? You're not wrong. Like, oh, I'm going to turn my hand into a sword and impale someone and then use their guts to turn it into a rope. And it's like, yes, with vicissitude, you can do all of that, but Not why? as fast. Why? Why? <laughs> I'm confused. It's like, look, dude, if you want to be Patrick Bateman, like, that's fine. And I'm happy to explore that as a character. But, like, why are you doing this? Right. Yeah. And you can do that with a Ventru. Probably better. <laughs> you can do that with a Toreador. Oh, Patrick Bateman would be a great Toreador. <sighs> Anywho. But, yeah. <laughs> Thoughts. Yeah. Hey there, Blank Buddies listeners. It's Hunter. Just want to stop in here uh, at the end because this isn't the end. We enjoyed answering questions from you guys so much that we ended up talking for almost two and a half hours. So I decided instead of releasing one giant unwieldy episode, we're splitting it into two parts. You can expect part two next week, and we hope you've enjoyed it. We get all these questions from our friends over at our Discord, and that's free to join. You can pop in. There's plenty of questions we haven't gotten to yet. So if we haven't gotten to yours yet, don't worry. We're still working our way through them. And there's room for new questions if you want to throw some at us. Uh, And that's open to anyone if you're not in there yet. Uh, We also have a Twitter at blank underscore bodies. 
and Instagram at Blank Bodies Pod. And Sarah runs a TikTok for us over at Blank Bodies Podcast. And if you're really enjoying what you're hearing, we'd really appreciate it if you'd check out our Patreon and maybe support us over there. We've got everything from little Discord titles and special chat room you get for being on there. And all the way up to voting on what you get for the episodes. We're adding show notes. You can get Sarah to draw a character sketch for one of your vampires. If any of that sounds good, check that out over there. And if not, I also do an interview series. You can hit us up at blankbodies at gmail.com. If you want to give us suggestions, feedback, any of that kind of stuff, you don't use Discord, direct it there or at our Twitter. Um, But yeah, I want to thank Paralyzed for our great theme song. And... Goodbye.